Welcome to Planet Surgery, a medical podcast by Baxter Advanced Surgery Team. Hello everyone and welcome to the Planet Surgery podcast series, insights into the world of surgeons, surgery and perioperative practitioners across Europe. My name is Marta Almarcha and I'm the MSL for Baxter Advanced Surgery in Spain and Portugal. Today, I will have the pleasure to interview Dr. Federico del Castillo. At Baxter, our vision is to be a global, innovative leader in the operating room, providing solutions that improve patient outcomes and enhance lives. Baxter's podcast program is in a way for you to hear from colleagues across the world. In this episode, I will interview Dr. Federico del Castillo, surgeon of the General and DGST Department at La Paz Hospital and Quiron Salud La Luz Hospital both located in Madrid. He is a specialist in minimal invasive laparoscopic treatment of functional and oncological esophagogastric diseases such as stomach and esophageal cancer, gastroesophageal reflux, achalasia or hiatus hernia. He also has a special interest in the development of the laparoscopic approach to the abdominal wall such as inguinal incisional hernia and also surgical repair of rectus diastasis. Today, we're going to discuss about endoscopic surgery of the abdominal wall, in particular about abdominal midline hernias and rectus diastasis. Welcome, Dr. Del Castillo, and thanks for giving us the opportunity to have this interview with you. Hi, Marta. Thank you very much for the invitation. My pleasure. So, what is new about the minimal invasive endoscopic approach to the abdominal midline hernias and rectus diastasis? Endoscopic surgery of the abdominal wall began to develop more than 20 years ago. The laparoscopic approach to the abdominal wall has been developing slowly but steadily for a long time. Less than 10% of abdominal wall surgeons are trained in minimally invasive surgery. Since the advent of the fully extraperitoneal extended approach or ETEP, the development of the endoscopic treatment of abdominal wall hernias has experienced a recent boom. In my opinion, we are in full development of this new sub-specialty from a minimal invasive surgery point of view. And what does this surgery consist of? We must first create a space that doesn't exist by blowing her into intermuscular spaces. This allows us to try not to violate the integrity of the peritoneal cavity with the advantage of avoiding inadvertent visceral injuries at the same time that it allows minimal invasive surgery in patients with previous abdominal surgeries. The spaces are not only the perperitoneal space, but the retrorectal interoblique or supraponeurotic space. In the treatment of concomitant midline hernias with diastis recti, we have developed an ascending approach from the pubis to the subcephoid space. This approach allows us to treat all abdominal midline hernias as well as the concomitant treatment of diastis recti, which is constantly associated with this type of pathology. By making two or three small incisions, a dissection of the alpha line is performed in its entirety, application of the rectus muscles and a treatment of midline hernias using a mesh approach in the retrorectal space, very similar to classic reverse stop approach. But there are other types of hernias that can benefit 
from a totally extraperitoneal and minimal invasive approach. For example, traumatic lumbar hernias or secondary to a previous lumbotomy can be treated through a posterior approach in the interoblique space. That is very interesting. And what pathologies do you think can benefit from this type of approach? Virtually all supraumbilical EHS M1 to 3 midline hernias associated with diastis recti. Similarly, lateral abdominal hernias such as Spiegel's hernia or lumbar hernias of any origin. Inframbilical hernias can benefit from an extended extraperitoneal subcostal approach as an ETEP technique. Okay, and what are the main differences between how it was operated before and how it's operated nowadays? The first thing would be to explain that, according to the latest studies, less than 10 or 15% of abdominal world surgeons are trained in advanced laparoscopic or endoscopic surgery. Similarly, there is still an indication for open surgery, such as large hernias or catastrophic abdomen with interatmospheric fistula. Thus, there is no single technique for all abdominal wall hernias. From my point of view, I think the most important thing is to know all the different surgical intervention techniques and based on the type of hernia that our patients present, apply one or the other individually. In this way, there are hernias that, such as the Spiegel hernia, can be operated in many ways, both openly and minimally invasive. What seems to have changed in the new approaches is a better pain control, a shorter hospital stay, as well as a lower rate of surgical site infection. Nice. And could you share with us a surgical case which has been particularly complicated? What were the benefits of using this technique in particular case? One of the most satisfactory cases in which we have applied this full endoscopic technique was the case of a 20-year-old female patient, an elite athlete by profession, who after her first twin pregnancy presented a complete dissolution of the alma midline with the presence of a hernia umbilical and epigastric hernia associated with a 0.5 centimeters wide diastis recti. She had no problems with excessive skin or sagging skin, so we decided to perform an ascendant total endoscopic and redirectal reconstruction of her abdominal wall. Six months later, she was back to competition. What do you think is the future of this type of surgery? Well, there's still a lot of work ahead. In recent years, new approaches and a slow transformation of the sub-specialty itself are being developed. We are convinced that there are challenges ahead. Our goal is to organize all these concepts in clinical pathways and protocols that, can, that we could defend. Individualization in each patient is a future. In the same way, we go hand in hand with technological advances. Our collaborative work with the biomedical industry must bear fruit sooner or later. The development of new sealants, non-traumatic fixing methods, or partially or totally absorbable materials, as well as the implantation of robotic surgery, will mark the next steps to be taken. How is this technique being implemented in Spain? Spain has always been one of the countries 
most involved in the development of complex abdominal wall surgery. Interest in the development of this kind of approaches has been exponential in recent years. Undoubtedly, the new working groups have directed their efforts in creating a surgical vanguard in different parts of the country regarding the development of endoscopic surgery of the abdominal wall. You mentioned earlier the use of sealant. Which are the benefits of using fibrin sealants in this technique? Fibrin sealants are part of the non that non-traumatic weaponry that we have been using for a long time for the fixation of the prosthesis and the elimination of dead spaces after the intervention in order to avoid the formation of seroma, brushes or disruption of the mesh prosthesis. The technological development of this type of product has definitely influenced in the development of techniques such as the endoscopic approach to hernial pathology of the abdominal wall. So thanks a lot, Dr. Del Castillo. That was a very interesting conversation. And to the audience, please contact us for any feedback or question. And if you want to be our next speaker, by clicking on the contact us button on this web page, you can apply for becoming a speaker. Thank you very much for listening and don't forget to come back in two weeks to listen to our next episode. <laughs>